Chapter 30 Kafka on the Shore The two of them scrambled over the low hedge into the woods. Colonel Sanders took a small torch out of his pocket and illuminated the narrow path. The woods weren't very deep, but the trees were hugely ancient. The tangle of their branches looming darkly above, a strong grassy odor came from the ground below. Colonel Sanders took the lead, for once maintaining a leisurely pace. Shining the torch to make sure of his footing, he took one cautious step at a time. Hoshino followed right behind. Hey uncle, is this some kind of dare or something? He asked to Colonel's white back. Whoa, a ghost. Why didn't you zip it for a change? Colonel Sanders said without turning around. Okay, okay. Hoshino suddenly wondered how Nakata was doing. Probably still sound asleep. It was as if the term sound asleep was invented just to describe him. Once he falls asleep, that's it. What kind of dreams does he have though during those record-breaking sleeps? Hoshino couldn't imagine. Are we there yet? Almost, Colonel Sanders replied. Tell me something, Hoshino began. What? Are you really Colonel Sanders? Colonel Sanders cleared his throat. Not really. I'm just taking on his appearance for a time. That's what I thought, Hoshino said. So, what are you really? I don't have a name. How do you get along without one? No problem. Basically, I don't have a name or a shape. So, you're kind of like a fart. You could say that since I don't have a shape, I can become anything I want. Ha! This time, I decided to take on a familiar shape, that of a famous capitalist icon. I was toying with the idea of Mickey Mouse, but Disney are particular about the rights to their characters. I don't think I would want Mickey Mouse pimping me, pimping for me anyway. I see your point. Dressing up like Colonel Sanders fits your character too. But I don't have a character or any feelings. Shape I may take, converse I may, but neither God nor Buddha am I. Rather, an insensate being whose heart thus differs from that of man. What the... A line from Uida Akinari's Tales of Moonlight and Rain. I doubt you have read it. You got me there. I am appearing here in human form, but I am neither God nor Buddha. My heart works differently from humans because I don't have any feelings. That's what it means. Hmm, Hoshino said. I'm not sure I follow, but what you're saying is you're not a person and not a god or Buddha either, right? Neither god nor Buddha, just the insensate. As such, of the good and bad of man, I neither inquire nor follow. Meaning, since I'm neither god nor Buddha, I don't need to judge whether people are good or evil. Likewise, I don't have to act according to standards of good and evil. In other words, you exist beyond good and evil. You're too kind. I'm not beyond good and evil, exactly. They just don't matter to me. I have no idea what's good or what's evil. I'm, I'm a very pragmatic being, a neutral object as it were, and all I care about is consummating the function I've been given to perform. Consummate your function. What's that? Didn't you go to school? Yeah, I went to high school, but it was a trade school. I spent all my time screwing around on motorcycles. I'm kind of an overseer, supervising something to make sure it fulfills its original role. 
checking the correlation between different worlds, making sure things are in the right order. So results follow causes and meanings don't get all mixed up. So the past comes before the present and the future after it. Things can get a little out of order. That's okay. Nothing's perfect. If the account book's basically in balance though, that's fine by me. To tell you the truth, I'm not much of a detailed person. The technical term for it is abbreviating sensory processing of continuous information. But I don't want to get into all that. I'll take too long to explain and I know it's beyond you. So let's cut to the chase. What I'm getting at is I'm not going to complain about each and every little thing. Of course, if the accounts don't eventually balance, that is a problem. I do have my responsibility to consider. I got a question for you. If you're such an important person, how come you're a pimp in a back alley in Takamatsu? I am not a person, okay? How many times do I have to tell you? Have it your way. Pimping is in pimping's just a means of getting you here. There's something I need you to lend me a hand with. So as a reward, I thought I'd let you have a good time first. A kind of formality we have to go through. Lend you a hand. As I've explained, I don't have any form. I'm a metaphysical, conceptual object. I can take on any form, but I lack substance. And to perform a real act, I need someone with substance to help me out. And at this particular point, that substance happens to be me. Exactly, Colonel Sanders replied. They cautiously continued down the path and came to a smaller shrine beneath a thick oak tree. The shrine was old and dilapidated, with no offerings or decorations of any kind. Colonel Sanders shined his torch on it. The stones inside there. Open the door. No way, Hoshino replied. You're not supposed to open up shrines. Whenever you feel like it, you'll be cursed. Your nose will fall off or your eyes or something. Not to worry. I said it's alright, so go ahead and open it. You won't be cursed. Your nose and ears won't fall off. God, you can be really old-fashioned. Then why don't you open it? I don't want to get mixed up in that. How many times do I have to explain this? I told you already, I don't have substance. I am an abstract concept. I can't do anything on my own. That's why I went to the trouble of dragging you out here and letting you do it three times at a discount rate. Yeah, man, she was fantastic. But robbing a shrine? No way. My grandfather always told me not to mess with shrines. He was really strict about it. Forget about your grandfather. Don't lay all your Gifu prefecture country bumpkin morality on me, okay? We don't have time for that. Grumbling all the while, Hoshino hesitantly opened the door of the shrine and Colonel Sanders shone his torch inside. Sure enough, there was an old round stone inside, just like Nakata said. It was about the size of a big rice cake, a smooth white stone. This is it? Hoshino asked. That's right, Colonel Sanders said. Take it out. Hold on a minute. That's stealing. No matter, nobody's going to notice if a stone like this is missing and nobody will care. Yeah, but the stone is owned by God, right? He's going to be pissed off if we take it out. Colonel Sanders folded his arms and stared straight at Hoshino. What is God? The question threw Hoshino for a moment. Colonel Sanders pressed him further. What does God look like and what does he do? Don't ask me. God's God. 
He is everywhere, watching what we do, judging whether it's good or bad. Sounds like a football referee. Sort of, I guess. So God wears shorts, has a whistle sticking out of his mouth and keeps an eye on the clock. You know, that's not what I mean, Hoshino said. Are the Japanese God and the foreign God relatives or maybe enemies? How should I know? Listen, God only exists in people's minds. Especially in Japan, God's always been kind of a flexible concept. Look at what happened after the war. Douglas MacArthur ordered the Divine Emperor to quit being God and he did, making a speech saying he was just an ordinary person. So after 1946, he wasn't God anymore. That's what Japanese gods are like. They can be tweaked and adjusted. Some American chomping on a cheap pipe gives the order and presto chenjo, God's no longer God. A very postmodern kind of thing. If you think God's there, He is. If you don't, He isn't. And if that's what God's like, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, just to get the stone out, would you? I'll take full responsibility. I might not be a God or a Buddha, but I do have a few connections. I'll make sure you're not cursed. You sure? I won't go back on my word. Hoshino reached out and carefully, as if he were inching out a landmine, picked up the stone. It's pretty heavy. This isn't tofu we are dealing with. Stones tend to be heavy. But even for a stone, it's heavy, Hoshino said. So, what do you want me to do with it? Take it home and put it next to your bed. After that, things will take their course. You want me to take it back to the inn? You can get a taxi if it's too heavy, Colonel Sanders replied. Yeah, but is it okay to take it so far? Listen, every object's in a flux. The earth, time, concepts, love, life, faith, justice, evil. They're all fluid and in transition. They don't stay in one form or in one place forever. The whole universe is like some big FedEx box. Hmm. This stone's temporarily there in the form of a stone. Moving it isn't going to change anything. Alright, but what's so special about this stone? It doesn't look like much of anything. The stone itself is meaningless. The situation calls for something and at this point in time it just happens to be this stone. Anton Chekhov put it best when he said, if a pistol appears in a story, eventually it's got to be fired. Do you know what he meant? Nope. Colonel Sanders sighed, I didn't think so. But I had to ask, it's the polite thing to do. Much obliged. What Sheko was getting at is this. Necessity is an independent concept. It has a different structure from logic, morals or meaning. Its functions lies entirely in the role it plays. What doesn't play, a role shouldn't exist. What necessity requires does need to exist. That's what you call dramaturgy. Logic, morals or meaning don't have anything to do with it. It's all of a question of relationality. Sheko understood dramaturgy well. Wow, you're way over my head. The stone you're carrying here is Sheko's pistol. It'll have to be fired, so in that sense it's important. But there's nothing sacred or holy about it. So don't worry yourself about any curse. Hoshino frowned. The stone's a pistol? Only in the metaphorical sense. Don't worry, bullets aren't about to shoot out of it. Colonel Sanders took a huge furoshiki cloth from his pocket and handed it to Hoshino. 
wrap it up in this better for people not to see it i told you it was stealing are you deaf it's not stealing we need it for something important so we are just borrowing it for a while okay okay i get it following the rules of dramaturgy we are of necessity moving matter precisely colonel said nodding see you do understand what i'm talking about carrying the stone wrapped in the navy blue cloth hoshino followed the path back out of the woods colonel sanders lighting the way for him with his torch the stone was much heavier than it looked and he had to stop a few times to catch his breath they quickly cut across the well lit shrine so no one would see them then came out on a main street colonel sanders hailed a taxi and waited for hoshino to climb in with the stone so i should put it next to my pillow eh hoshino asked right colonel sanders said that's all you have to do don't try anything else just having it there's the main thing i should thank you for showing me where the stone was colonel sanders grinned no need just doing my job just consummating my function but hey how about that girl hoshino she was amazing i'm glad to hear it she was real right not a fox spirit or some abstraction or something messed up like that no spirit no abstraction just one real life sex machine genuine four wheel drive lust it wasn't easy to find her so rest assured view hoshino side by the time hoshino laid the cloth wrapped stone next to nakata's pillow it was already past 1 am he thought that putting it next to nakata's pillow instead of his own lessened the chance of any curse as he had expected nakata was still out like the proverbial log hoshino untied the cloth so the stone was visible he changed into his pajamas crawled into the other futon and fell instantly asleep he had one short dream of a god in shorts hairy shin sticking out racing around a field playing a flute at 5 that morning nakata woke up and found the stone beside his pillow 